did Cutsy, the Cold Cuts family used to own a piece of the Green Bay Backers? Confirmed, we do. We we do have some ownership ties. <laughs> Hit me a now, little bit. With by this. the way, do you know that um, the Packers just went on a sale this year? You could purchase shares. I didn't do it. I I was a fucking yeah. But I met my family back in the day. The Celtics used to sell pieces of themselves, and they used to send you a piece Did of they paper. Really? Yeah, you could own a piece of paper that was like you own like this one share of of the Celtics. <laughs> and, and then like a few years later, they were like, "This was a fucking mistake," and they they bought everyone out, and they just sent you like a check like for fifty five cents. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Again, again, again. to another episode of the sportsman i am the big ticket i'm joined here by cold cuts joseph how are we doing this morning buddy early morning here tick early early morning <laughs> here for the boys i'm ready to rock and roll though the lot a lot lots of stuff happened this week in sports i think it's a good week some really good topics i think we uh we got a lot that we need to discuss we do this is by far the earliest we've ever done this it's 5 30 in the morning it's not ideal but here at the sportsman we push through we make sure we get an episode out to you folks every week but let's just jump right into it i think we today let's start off with a little golf i don't think we've touched on golf yet but some big news in the golf world after months and months of rugged terrible surgeries and just not even knowing if he'd keep his leg. Tiger Woods has made a bit of a comeback, but he's let us know with a huge conference the other day saying, listen, I'm, I'm back. I can play the game, but I'm, I'm definitely not who I was. And I'm really not even going to be competing on that level very often. Uh, what do you think about what's going on with Tiger Woods here? First and foremost, it was great to see him. Just I, they showed some clips of him on the driving range. Um, he had that tensor bandage on his on his leg, but just great to see him. And I really respect the play. To be honest, he didn't. He's tempered expectations. He's telling people, "Listen, don't expect me to come back. I'm not going to be winning majors, and the likelihood is I'm not even going to be competing. You know, on, on on a competitive level in golf. And I think that that he's doing that the right way because say for whatever reason, if he is able to somehow make a miraculous comeback, no one's expecting it. And I think that he is, he came out, he did it the right way to let people know, like, this is more serious than what you think. I'm just happy to be golfing again. I love the game. That to me is the most important thing. And I just think the way that he came out was, was he just laid all his cards on the table and he was very open and honest with people. And I think you know, now no one's really expecting him to come back and I, he probably won't, but um, I think he went about it the right way. He was not discreet or, you know, I, I don't know. What did you think? 
I agree with you. Uh, it was great just to see him again after, I mean, who knows that that car crash was terrible. He could have lost a leg and just to see him there talking about the game, seeing him take those swings was really great. But I, at the same time, I don't think he's telling us the full truth. And I think it's a, a fantastic play by him because he's done this a million times, <laughs> albeit this one by far the worst, but he's had to make this comeback a thousand times. And every time he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm coming back. Don't under underestimate me and the media that he gives them an inch they take a mile and they're like when's tiger this could be every opportunities tiger could be back <laughs> and this time i think you know he's like listen guys I, I might just play a couple rounds a year i might play a couple tournaments yeah maybe one major but i'm not expecting anything i'm just going to be happy to get out there i'm taking my shots and they're not going nearly as far as they used to and i think he's priming us as he should to just temper expectations and listen, uh, if I you win, it'll be a coming back. Yeah. He even said, he's like, I might, I might play in a few tournaments, but I have no interest in being seen as competitive. You know, I, I'm just going to be happy to play the game uh, that I love, yeah. but that's the way he's setting us up. And I think that's brilliant because like you said, no one's expecting him to win and it's a win-win situation for him. People are just happy to see him. And if he could actually miraculously play some good, consistent golf and be in a place to win, that's even better for him. So he's tempered yeah. expectations beautifully. I think I think if, if he announced that he was going to come back and play a tournament on the tour, it would be sold out within seconds. Just people wanted oh, to yeah. see him. And I think, you know, what it does, what it does do effectively is it gives people appreciation because he's one of the best ever, you know? And I think sometimes you take that for granted when you just watch him going in there, you know, week in week out and doing what he does you know and and i'm you know i'll never forget watching him win that last masters yeah. I, I think it was you know whether you like tiger woods or you don't like tiger woods or or you're indifferent i think watching him come back and win that was one of the most impressive overall just incredible things to see that he just willed his way you know, mentally, he's just so on another level than everybody else. So listen, I, I don't disagree with you. Maybe he does come back. But I think even if he just were to appear in a couple tournaments, it would just be an, an, an amazing opportunity for people to appreciate watching the best to ever do it play one or couple, one or two more times. I agree. I do think that that Masters was one of the most beautiful things in sports to watch. And I think it's a classic like I'm not a huge Tiger Woods guy as far as the person he is. And I feel that way about a lot of people. I don't love LeBron James either, but I, I know when I'm watching them, it's like it might not ever get better than this. And, yeah. it, you know, who knows? Maybe it will one day, but I'm not holding my breath. These two are some of the best I've ever seen. And when I just look at the sport and what they've been able to do, and especially with Tiger with that last Masters, I mean, it's just you just got to tip the cap. It was beautiful. His kid was there. It was just a wonderful moment for sports. It really it was. was. It was amazing. And I almost made, you know, I, I now I know he he actually won tournament at least one tournament after the masters so i you know i it's mm -hmm. easy for me to say this but i just think that after that that would have been the absolute pinnacle time to walk away from the game of golf like i don't i can't fathom a better finish to any career than to win the masters at his age to come all the way back and doubt all the naysayers everybody who said he was done after all the scandals and I mean, it just, it, it would have been the most epic finish of all time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to walk away from the game that you've been <laughs> groomed to play since you were two years old. I mean, I understand that feeling. Luckily they have, 
senior tour that he's able to still maybe play there. I think he could absolutely be competitive there. I mean, when you look at his stroke, it's almost when he was taking him the other day, it's like the mechanics of that swing are still pretty. They're, they're just gorgeous. It's like you can't, it's like a Lay's potato chip. You can't have just one. I can't watch one of his swings. I got to watch him take his entire range Compared session. Compared Tiger just, Woods to Lay's potato it's chip. That's a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, a good, smooth golf swing, gorgeous to watch him do that. And I think there's a place for him and it'll be fun to watch what he does moving forward. But we're moving on here. We're keeping things rolling this early morning. Next thing I think we want to talk about here is the Mets GM. What he's Jesus, doing over what there. What's going on over there. With the free agency. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in New York right now, Cutsy. Now, I'm not the biggest baseball guy. I mean, <laughs> I'm surrounded by a bunch of friends who really love baseball. Growing up, I was not a big baseball guy just because of the demographics of where I grew up. We didn't have an MLB team, and I really didn't have any association with it. That being said, I can appreciate watching baseball and getting into it. Now, the thing that is very interesting is this new Mets owner. I don't remember his name. Billy Epler. But he he's like a super fan. So it's it's very intriguing because it's almost like one of your own if you're if you're a fan. It would be like a Canucks fan or a Packers guy just gets thrown into front into the ownership of the team. Mm-hmm. And he's putting in first, was it first year? All his chips in, in, it's like, it's like the guy in the poker game who, you know, you just start and immediately has gone all in. And yeah. I kind of fucking love it because it just shows like, Hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And I, I can associate with that because I know if you put me into an ownership position or front office or whatever it is, I would be so super aggressive just to get a championship for the people who watch and love that team. And the Met, you got to think the Mets, Mets fans have suffered for fucking years. Mm-hmm. So they got to be over the moon. They just signed Scherzer. They're bringing all these guys in. They're spending tons of money. And he's basically just saying to everybody, this is how we're going to go. We're going to win. And I'm going to do everything in my power to win. And I, I fucking love it if I'm being honest. Yeah, he he's a mega fan here and he's he's obviously just like we're done with the losing. We've been fucking <laughs> losing for a long fucking time now and quite frankly I'm willing to mortgage the 2030s and the 2040s to win right fucking now and he's doing it. Yeah, he's very much in in, in the annals of um the Steve Ballmers, annals, the, annals, annals. the annals of Steve Ballmers <laughs> and Mark Cubans of the world who, and, and you, to be quite honest, I don't like the Clippers. I don't like uh, the Mavericks. I love Mark Cuban, but I don't like the Mavericks. But to Mark watch, Cuban, by the way, confirmed great, great guy. Yeah, I bet he is. But it's so fun to watch those guys on the sidelines. Yeah. Like <laughs> Ballmer's kicking and screaming. And nuts. Cuban or in the early days used to like, <laughs> get in the ref's face and he'd get thrown out of games. And it's like, I could appreciate that passion. If I owned the Philadelphia Eagles or the 76ers, I would very much be doing the exact same thing. If I bought the 76 tomorrow if i had that kind of money you what bet would your, your ass what would you be doing you bet your ass i'd find a way to get kevin durant there i'd find oh a way to get james God. harden there i'd find a way to get you know some of the very carl anthony towns would be cat would be playing for philadelphia i mean we would just have all the best players and we'd have a deep deep bench we would absolutely be handing out the the contracts left and right 
and we would win now, but we would really hurt well, in the future. You but don't the, fans, the fans would remember, hey, you know what? We stink. We stink now, but he brought us that chip a few years ago, and we're fine with it. We're fine now, with now it. keep in mind though, on the other flip side of things, just because you bring in a lot of big talent doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna win. And no, it doesn't, look, but it does mean you're trying. Yes, it does. And I think the fans do appreciate it. But if you look at teams like the Nets, for example, then they're, they're a mess. They got some of the best players, and I don't see them winning anytime soon. Well, they're playing a little bit better now without it seems like they're playing a, a lot better now without Kyrie. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, the, the chemistry and, the, and means even the something. Rams. What I'm saying is that yeah, yeah, chemistry is a real thing. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for the Mets. And I I actually I I will be rooting that they do well because I just I, I would like to see I, I always love to cheer for teams that you know perennially have not been good in you know in the in the past and have a strong fan base and people who support them. So I, I actually hope that it turns out well for them. I have not, no ill will to the Mets, but it's an interesting play. It really is. It's, it's an interesting take to put all your eggs in one basket. I appreciate it as a Packers fan who has watched ownership for years. Now the, the Packers are different because our ownership is the people of Green Bay, but to watch front office for the team, just not go all in and, and be so close to winning for years and not put the pieces together in order to do so it's infuriating. So I'm all for this. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I really am. You're going to create a super team. I do think baseball is the best way to go with that. Cause chemistry is a little less important for a baseball team. It's not that you don't want a good clubhouse mentality and, and a good culture going on there. I think you can still get that with a good manager, but it is a bit, more of a solo sport is just you up there against a pitcher you know you yeah, I, i've just seen everything. some teams work out that way like the tigers um when illich was passing away the guy who owned the red wings and the tigers he did this with the tigers and they put up some incredible teams and they never won but they went to the world series a handful of times and they were always competitive and it was a really fun team to watch and the nationals did it a few years ago and they did win and I just think baseball, if you're going to go with that super team route, I think chemistry, not that it doesn't matter, but I think compared to like football and basketball, I think you can get away with a little bit more. So we'll see how it works out with the Mets. But the Nationals team, they had Scherzer, no? They had Scherzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe it's a round two then for him. Yeah, well, the, the funny thing about Scherzer is <laughs> the last time we heard him speak publicly, he said, my arm is dead. My arm is absolutely dead. And what do the Mets do? They go ahead and throw him the biggest contract, at least per year, that a pitcher has ever gotten in history. I wish I could just go to my work and say, I got nothing left. And they come back and say, we'd like to make you the general manager of the hotel. Would you Wouldn't like more be- money than anyone of your position has ever made? This is wonderful news. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hats off to the Mets. You know, it, like you said, it's like one of us. It's a fan in the front office. It's a fan who's owning the team. And and quite honestly, he's doing what any fan would do. He's no, bankrupting the organization <laughs> to go out there and win a championship. As a Phillies fan, I'm sure you're okay with it. If they win one year and the next 10, they suck. It's actually good for your, uh, for your Phillies. I don't know what the Phillies are doing, man. I, I don't <laughs> We're standing still in free agency. What's the point of paying a guy like Bryce Harper if you're not going to put anyone around him? Uh, Uh, It's infuriating. I would like to talk about something now, Ticket, is um, 
I want to discuss these Golden State Warriors. We've been talking about them now um, for the last, well, at least the last episode we were talking about them. A couple weeks, a couple weeks now. Yeah, yeah, and and I think there's a lot of buzz around this team. And so we had discussed that you were going to, you were, you'd said that if I went ahead and I placed money on this team day in, day out, I will come out on top. So I said, I think last episode, I said, well, let's put your money where your mouth is. Let's go five games and see where you stand now Mm -hmm. unbeknownst to us when i made that we did not realize that they were playing the suns who are also potentially the best team in basketball right now the hottest team at least 18 straight that they were playing them twice within that five games so the first two games they they just steamrolled no problem they played the suns the other day and they did lose um Mm -hmm. so they got a big game tonight against the suns I just wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think you complete this five-game series up on top? Do they beat the Suns tonight? Um, where do you see this team going from here? And you still feel the same about this team moving forward? This I'm glad you brought this up. I have a lot to say about this. Uh, <laughs> I have not moved one iota off of my stance with the Warriors. Are the Suns a bit of a hiccup? You bet your ass they are. But other than that, I mean, listen, the other night, Steph had the absolute worst shooting game of his career. That ain't ever going to happen again. Okay. That ain't ever going to happen. He was what, like terrible? Again. Like 4 of 21? He was terrible. And you know what? They were in that game the entire time. They were never not in that yeah. game. Free throws at the end made it an eight point win, which looked worse than it was, but it was back and forth most of that game. And, and quite honestly, the Warriors were winning a lot of that game. So I'm not worried about them whatsoever. Now, what is interesting about this game coming up, I would not be surprised. And that's why I think the line is what it is. It's at minus six and a half for the Warriors right now. They got to lay that down. Uh, it's in Golden State. Uh, there's no Devin Booker. And the, the Suns are now playing a back-to-back-to-back. They played against the Warriors on Wednesday. They had a game last night. And now they're going to Golden State and they're playing Oh, again. they played yesterday? So I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul takes the day off. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, DeAndre Ayton maybe takes the day off, which m- might be why the line is even more inflated than just Devin Booker. I didn't Booker. realize that they played last night. They played last night as well. Oh, and that changes very... everything ticket. I know. So I wouldn't be surprised. And also, why would they want to change the, the narrative right now is – the, the Phoenix Suns are the best. So why would they even risk wheelchairing everybody out there tonight and risk that narrative that they have going right now, well, even means, when it's a back-to-back-to-back? So It means I think you need Warriors, to put your money in now, Ticket, before that line spikes up. Because if they, yeah. if they announce they that Paul's not playing, that, that line to will shoot 10. up to like 10 or 11. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, so I'm not backing down. I'm I'm riding through. You know, I'm not gonna just take make a, a take and ride through the easy part. This is a tough. This is a tough stretch. I'm going to ride through the tough stretch. I won the first two games. I lost last night. I'm still up money. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm betting the Warriors tonight. And you know what? I'm gonna bet the Warriors the next game and the next game because this is the best bet in sports right now. Yes. The Suns are hotter, but the Warriors are covering. Okay, the Warriors are covering. Do There's you see in the teams. future, like w- when these two teams are probably going to be in a crash collision for the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. you have full faith that when both teams are fully healthy in a seven-game series that the Warriors would take the Suns. 
I do. I think they're a better team. I think when James Wiseman comes back too, oh, I think that's going to Thompson too. Don't forget. Yeah. But I mean, the big reason why what the, what the Suns were doing against the Warriors of the day was they were beating them inside and they, they're very small. And so you can beat the Warriors inside right now, but if you get a James Wiseman back and he comes back and he plays like we know he can, I, I, I really like this Warriors team. I think no one's stopping them. Do the Suns have a chance? Of course they do, but you know what? The Warriors still get plus points when they're playing in Phoenix, so they can still lose and cover. I still think this is just, you know, good teams win, great teams cover, okay? And I that's what this say, Warriors team does. <laughs> I will say that I, I watched a game with you. Um, that was the game they played against the Trailblazers, and I did dabble with you as well. And I think it was it was minus six for the Warriors. And there was a point this the – the Blazers were on like an eight or 10, nothing run. This was like in the fourth quarter and they were, the Warriors were winning by eight. So they're only covering by a bucket. And I looked over a ticket. He's outside. He's not even fucking, not even phased. He's smoking a cigar. I said, ticket, you might want to watch here, dude. This is getting down to the white. He looked at me. He's like, turn it off. It's done. I've never seen you <laughs> so certain and sure enough, they won by 13 or 14 or something like that. But like, I've never seen you so certain of something and so relaxed. It was it was kind of intriguing to watch. Yeah, you know me. You know that I'm not above freaking out with bets. You know, I can absolutely I like to think I don't pull the trigger on it too early, but I, I am not above like this is getting closer than it should be with the Warriors, especially when they're playing a team like the Trailblazers or when they're going to be playing teams like OKC. Like, I'm, I'm not worried. When my money is in Steph's hands, I'm just unfazed. He's going to be okay. He's going to bring us back. There's no need to worry about the Warriors. They're stomping on teams. It's embarrassing. It's, it's easy money, quite frankly. It's easy money. I'm not worried. But now I want to shift topics here a little bit. I want to talk to you about something. This past week, Aaron Rodgers gave a statement. He came out and gave a press conference, and he said, every time I step out there on that field, I expect greatness. That's all I expect. Yeah. Now, I see a parallel with you, Cutsy. Now, I want to take this a little oh. bit away from sports, but it does involve Aaron Rodgers, and you see yourself very much like him in one particular way. You do expect greatness in a part of your life. Now, now walk us through what happened Monday night at a dinner we went to. Well, I so, so for those of you who don't, don't know, we have a tradition amongst our group that when we go out for dinner, there is a unprecedented situation that goes to, to say is that when the ordering process comes and we come, the server comes to the table. I don't know how this started. I, I think it started with me and Bob going out. He's the most indecisive person that I know. And he just does not know what to pick, what to choose, what to order. So there started to be a time where I said, hey, if you want, I can just order for the table. Now, this guy has gotten so used to me ordering for the table and my orders not to pat myself on the back, but they are sensational. I just see the picture. I see the field very well. I have a good general, you know, kind of over oversight when it comes to going to a restaurant and knowing what to order. So it's translated now when we go out with our extended group of friends that he said, hey, you know, if you want cuts, you can just order for the table. So this has become an ongoing thing. And Monday again was, was no difference. We went out to a to a restaurant and um, quite frankly, I wasn't even planning on ordering for the table and everybody just took a back seat and said, Cutsy's going ahead. 
And and Ticket, I think, wanted a little bit of an insight as to what I was going to do. Normally, I keep it I keep it very locked tight, airtight, airtight. I don't like to. I don't want anybody knowing what's coming. So mm-hmm. I think it kind of when you see the spread come out and you see dish after dish come out, you can appreciate it a lot more. For for some reason, Ticket was a little bit. I don't know if he was a little bit cautious. He just wanted to know where I was going with it. And no, I just love hearing inside baseball. I love being walked through. <laughs> I love being walked through the kitchen and seeing the whole operation. I wanted a little insight. I had yeah. no doubts. You know, I have no doubts. I I know you expect greatness out of yourself, and you always deliver. You've never once not delivered. I had zero doubts. I just like to see the back of the house. I yeah. like to see the way the wheels turn inside that brain of yours, <laughs> and I want to know a little bit about it. Now, I will say there's three things to a great order. There really are. And yeah. you, you hit all three beautifully. Number okay, one well. is number one is pace, okay? It's pacing out the order. You want to make sure the kitchen is not just firing things out when ready. Yes. And number that is two. Huge. Yes, it is. Number two is a big one, but it's not the most important in my eyes. It's quality. You want to order the best things on the menu, but you want to order things that are going to parlay well with each other. There might yeah. be 15 good things on the menu, but maybe only seven really work out together and they create a nice food journey for yourself. Okay. And number three is fullness. Is he going to order too much? Is he going to order too little? And you want to have the right quantity coming out and you hit all three. Always. There's never been a time where I was disappointed or if I was disappointed, it had to do with the restaurant, not with your ordering style. And you hit all three beautifully. You expect greatness of yourself every time (laughs) you step out on that field and you fucking get it, man. You get it. Me to Aaron Rodgers is the biggest. That's one of the biggest compliments I've ever had. And what I did, what I've started doing now is because, like like you said, pace is really important. Sometimes I used to put it in the in in the server's hands and say, "Okay, this is how we want to do," and expect them to course line the meal the way that I envision it. And you get let down sometimes. I think at Formosa we went once and. I ordered all these dishes thinking that they were going to bring them, you know, in a different sequence. And they brought everything at once. It was fucking devastating. And it, quite frankly, it reflected badly on me because that, that, that's not, I can't control it. So Very what I started doing is I started saying, listen, this is the pace. This is how I want the dishes brought out. And I did it the other night with the, with the, with the young lady there at uh, Tara and she was great. I said, we want the charcuterie board brought out first, then the appetizers, then bring me the pastas. And then we finish with our meats. And it was, it was a beautiful symphony of fucking ordering and dishes coming left, right, and center. And um, quite frankly, I think the order was exceptional, you know, and I, I, (laughs) the problem now, (laughs) not to toot your own horn. No, but but if we're talking about it, it, the problem now is, is that like you said, greatness is expected is Bobby and, and and you guys now, for the most part, when I go out, I can't have an off day. It's like Aaron Rodgers. If he comes out and he puts out a, a, an off day, everybody's like, what the fuck's wrong with him? Listen, Let me tell you something, Cuts. You're only as good as your last order. You're only as good yeah, as your last no, order. And, and if, I have, if, if I go out and botch an order as as, expe- as expected and as you should – you should you should be very honest and open and lay it on. Hey, with all the praise that Aaron Rodgers get, we know how one <laughs> bad game 
the media gets on him. He is oh. finished. He's checked out. And and if I'm going, if you're going to get all the praise of Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to deal with the media coverage of Aaron Rodgers. So one bad game, you're going to have to deal with that. Now, should we expect you a bounce back game? Of course we should. But you are going to have to take that heat until the next order comes around. Um, but it's no, it's no uh, wonder that you are fantastic at this. You, you went to culinary school in Europe and in, in Switzerland, and yep. you've been working in Four Seasons restaurants and hotels your whole life. You're the bad boy up and comer <laughs> of the culinary world. You are, you are the piece de resistance. You're what every restaurant wants. They're looking for you. Everyone's battling over, and now you landed on a on a Michelin star five-star restaurant and uh, it's earned and it's understood. And why would anyone else take the order when we go out, when we have a five-star guy in the group? It just what I make really sense. appreciate is that, you know, and, and, and to, to be completely honest, and you can agree with this is that when we go out, I'm not the guy being like, let me take the order. I, I, I kind of sit back and if people want to do their own order, that's fine. But there have been times where we went out as a group and we brought a newcomer in and, you know, Robbie normally is the first to chime in like, hey, just just a heads up here. We have someone who can really direct us in the right, you know, in the right way. Why don't we let him take the order? And and sometimes I remember one time we were with uh, AOC. We were with our buddy Showtime and his girlfriend came and yeah. she wanted to do her own order. And she oh, was what a mistake. She almost, <laughs> she got, she almost was, got laughed out of the living room. She was ridden oh. off. And, and it was like, basically like, Hey, this just trust us. And I, and, and to her credit at the end, they did let me make the order. And by the way, it was another beautiful order. And she said, you know what? That was the right thing to do. But I, (laughs) I'm always, I'm, I'm always the guy who's like, listen, I'm not going to shove this down anyone's throat. If you want me, I am there. I'm like Tom Brady ready. In the yeah, I, I, will say, I will say, I think the way it started, you said it was because Bobby was very indecisive. I would disagree. I think it was enough times that we had gone out to dinner where we looked at your plate and we're like, that was the right order. That was the right. He got the, eh, mine's good. It's fine. But that, what he has was the right order. And we saw that enough. We're like, why don't you just order for everybody? Why don't we just order for everybody? When I first sit down, and this is even if I'm just ordering for myself, there is about a three to five minute span where I'll be sitting at the table and I just, I check out and I just, I just diverge myself into this menu and I just analyze and critique. You have been fantastic. I mean, some people might think I'm jerking you off here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of praise going on, but quite frankly, it's like a maestro when it comes to this kind of thing. It's like some people play the instrument. He plays the orchestra. Okay, people. And we will leave it at that. Uh, moving on here we took way too much time talking about your ordering process we need to get to our picks this week we've been dreadful but before we get there give me your quick take on on brian kelly and lincoln riley going off to new teams before the season's over uh notre dame's still in give me your quick take on brian kelly in this notre dame situation I, I, I mean, I, I, if I put myself in, in their position, I could, I, I definitely think with the Lincoln Riley, yeah. I would a hundred percent agree to do what he's doing. Um, going to USC, they, they're just giving him fucking a King's ransom. They're paying him everything. They're just, they're just setting them up for success. And I think it's, I think it's the right play in that case. I think when you look at Oklahoma and the teams that they have to face in the SEC, 
it, it's it's a tough road ahead. Now, if he comes to USC, I think the, the, the complete game changes. And I do think that they're now going to, the recruiting in terms of money and everything that they're going to provide him, they're going to set him up with every means to succeed. So that situation, I absolutely agree with him going to USC. I think it's the right play. I think he's going to be a star here on the West Coast. And quite frankly, as you and I know, living in LA is just as good as it gets. So I do agree with that. The, the Kelly situation is a yeah. little bit more, I don't know if I agree with it because I do think Notre Dame is on the up and coming and I see what he's done with that program. And I just would have liked him to give a little bit more time there to see and reap some of the results that he's put into play. I'm not against it. I will say I'm not against yeah. it. I just, I just could see a lot more value in him staying um, LSU has been on a, a, a steep decline this year and LSU just, just lost an absolute legend. Like he's literally walking into a team in a program that just lost a legend, you know, a legendary coach. And I just don't know if that's going to be a great fit for him. Yeah. Um, he's a great coach. I do think he's, he's got all his ducks lined up in the row and I, I think he will do well there. But I just I've seen what he's taken that Notre Dame program from, and they have a lot of potential. They're ranked right now in the top ten, and they're not far out of the top four. And I just think that there's, you know, maybe one more year he could have been there. But yeah, it's interesting to see. I, I mean, listen, money talks at the end of the day, and we both know this. And you know, I think you put either of us in a situation, or your average layman in a situation where you're getting thrown in the kitchen sink. It's got to be hard to turn that down. Don't you? Yeah. Agree? Oh, I 100% agree. And I wish that's part of what it bothers me in this situation is I wish these guys would just say it. Lincoln Riley, I get they lost their, their, their playoff hopes are out the window. And he just kept saying on every interview he was taking, Oh, I, it was just the best decision for my family. It was just the best decision for my family. <laughs> we had a long talk with my family. Oh yeah. Was $10 million more the best thing for your family? Like just say, it. Yeah. say what it is, man. Like it's okay. Money talks. Like you just said, we get it. Like you can also say like, yeah, the money's pretty good too. I get that. It's not a great look, but just quit lying to us. And the same thing with Kelly. What Kelly said was I want to go somewhere where I could win. And you know what, dude, you're, yeah, that, that, you're that, very that. close to winning right now with this Notre Dame team. Okay, dude, just say what it is. You're getting an extra 10 mil a year at LSU. Yeah, just be up. And they've got a great crop of picks there. I get it. But you know what? This Notre Dame team was very close this year, and they're getting hosed, quite frankly. They deserve to be ahead of Oklahoma State. They deserve to be the next guy in line, next man up, if Cincinnati does end up losing to Houston this weekend. I mean, quite frankly, Notre Dame deserves to be the next team, and there's a controversy well, going you, around saying that they don't want a no-name coach to be one of the teams in the playoffs. And I, I think, get it because Oklahoma no, State yeah, does agree. not deserve to be number five. They just don't based on the record and strength of schedule. And what wins. I will say, what I will say about Notre Dame is I see them very much as another Michigan team. I think if they had an opportunity like Michigan did to play in Alabama or to play one of these teams that are in the top four, they definitely could come out on top and that would sway everything to the, I mean, you look at Michigan, Michigan was on the outside looking in. Yeah. They beat Ohio state. And now they're right in the thick of things and they're going to have a chance to play for a national championship. Yeah. I think Notre Dame is maybe not as not right there, but I, I see them just as good as Michigan. I see them on the outside looking in. And if they just had that opportunity to play a top team 
who is in the league. Now, if I'm being honest, I think Georgia is the team to beat. I think they are far yeah. and above the best team in, in college. And I think you've seen a little bit of a, uh, of a little bit from Alabama that they've started to come back to earth a little bit. Well, understandably so. They have so many players coming in and out of that program year in, year out. It's tough to be that good. But I do see Notre Dame as a team that's right on the cusp of being in the top four. That's why I said I just would have loved to see Kelly just kind of hang in there a little bit longer. I think it would have been great for him. And then, say, if you do make, you know, you do make the playoffs and you do have a chance for a national championship – then you can go anywhere you want. You have a pick of the litter. And and I, I just, I don't know. I, I could see that one kind of, uh, I could see both sides of the argument on that one. The Lincoln Riley one, I do definitely think he made the right decision. I do too. And he waited for his team to have lost a game and be out of the championship uh, hopes. So I, I have no issue with what he did. And I don't know, maybe LSU handcuffed uh, Kelly and said, listen, the offer's only good right now. If you wait any longer, if you wait to see if you win the championship, we might have hired somebody else. So who knows? Maybe maybe leaving a little prematurely was the only option he had. And to be quite honest, he he, he gave them 13 years of his life. It's not like he, he waited on a six-year contract or a three-year contract yeah. or even an eight-year contract. He spent 13 years there, and, he, and, and he's leaving them way better than he found them, quite frankly. Um, you know, after Lou Holtz left, it, it was dire straits there for a while, and he put him in a good position for the next guy to come in and hopefully build upon what he's done. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think he's going to have a good career at LSU. It's not that I'm saying that. It's just the way he left was a little uh, sketchy, but who knows? Uh, money talks, like you said. <laughs> Time to move on to our favorite segment oh. of the week. Not the people's favorite, but that's not going to stop us. It's not going to stop us. I'm, we are I'm, one good week away from getting on a heater. Okay, it, I, I, I just can't. I don't think I've made a winning pick. I don't think you've made a winning well, pick. Well, I, I, I will say this. I've made picks in, in the other segments where I've said this is going to happen and it's happened. But for my certified pick of the week, I think I've lost every single week i even went so far as to pick the packers who are my bread and butter the one week i took them they lost to the vikings i i am telling you this right now i will not pick the packers on my sportsman fucking pick of the week for the rest of the year <laughs> i am a jinx i am i am i deserve to be faded i am as oh, cold no. as ice I, I and i don't even know i was looking last night at the lines <sighs> I'm a mess. You're, you're thing, lost. You're a loss as a man but who is I can, lost. But, but, can I, but what I can say this, like last night I took the Cowboys. I was very certain they were going to cover. They covered no problem. I took the Ravens, uh, the under on the Ravens. I'm, I've been successful. You have. You have. You really my have. betting tenure the last couple of weeks. It's just my sportsman pick is so fucking ridiculed. I don't know. So I, I, I listen, folks. Take this with a grain of salt because I looked at the lines last night and I didn't like anything. And I've gone back and forth and here and there. And I, I finally picked a game that I just, again, I, I don't know. Fade me, please. My game of the week is, do you even, you, you have no idea. I have no idea. Most weeks it I It is a game that you would never think. Um, the game that I feel the most, certain about or the most comfortable with there's a lot of lines this week that i don't like or just too high or just not i don't feel comfortable with the one line that i would take you ready for this the 
San Francisco 49ers playing against the Seahawks. They're at three and a half. I would buy that sucker down to three. I think the Seahawks are an absolute disaster, folks. They are in disarray. Russell Wilson does not want to be there anymore. It was clear before the beginning of the season. He then got hurt. I think he's been forced back way too soon. They have problems up and down the lineup. Their defense, they have some big playmakers like Jamal Adams and these guys, but they are not a good defense. And I think, I just think that this team can't be done with the season soon enough. I think Pete Carroll's not happy. He wants out. He, I've never seen him this disinterested in football. Quite yeah. frankly, he just does not seem like he's into it. And I think the Niners are on the rise. Now, I will say this. I don't know for the game if Debo Samuel is going to play, and that does put in a big, big – He's he's not. He's out. He's out. Is he out for sure? And so he's that out. is a big – And so that, is Fred Warner, but I still like your pick. I, I do. But I, that being said, I just do see this team as, as a team who's – is a second-half team, and they're starting to really figure it out. I think Garoppolo has looked really good the last several weeks. He's not – Garoppolo's the kind of guy he's not going to be your savior out there, but if you can get him to manage the game and be and be smart with the football and and handle the game well, he's been very very good for them the last few weeks. And I do see this as a game that the 49ers will absolutely win. If you bring this down to a field goal, I feel very confident about this. I know it's being played in Seattle, but Seattle is not the old Seattle at home that they used to be. They're losing games left, right, and center at home. San Francisco 49ers buy it down half a point. Take it to a field goal. I think you're in good hands with that. And again, feel free to fade the fuck out of me because I've been very cold. That is my game that I that I really will be promoting, and I will be on it. And I, and just on a sidebar before you go ahead, I promise you this as well, folks. Last week I took the fucking Panthers, and oh god, here people, comes the, here comes a cop out. For all <laughs> the people who DM'd me, Cam Newton's future. Cam Newton is going to bring. A, I, I, Joe Stradamus has said it and I said it clearly and I promise you watching that game was the most infuriating fucking thing I've ever seen. Christian McCaffrey is gone. That Your season is over. I will not bet on the Panthers again. The Panthers are just my... I'm not going to go there. Cam Newton was so bad, Ticket. Was he not just horrific? He was atrocious. He was, it's hard to get worse than what he did the other night. It, it, it was bad. It, it was, was bad. laughable, man. And it's just what I said. The first couple of weeks we said it, people were like, oh, Cam Newton's back. Well, you wasted $10 million on this fucking clown. Because yeah, he, he, he said in an interview after he got dropped by the Patriots, he said, there aren't 32 quarterbacks better than me. There aren't 32. Well, you know what? Last Sunday there were. Oh my there were 32 God. other quarterbacks better than you, and there were a handful of backups who are better than you, my friend. <laughs> he looked terrible. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and I like your, uh, you know, please fade us. We've been terrible. But – that you being like said, I pick? love your Niners pick. They, they've been playing death by a thousand cuts football recently. They've been taking up massive time of possession on offense. They're using all their downs and they're getting a lot of first downs and they're this getting new down Mitchell there. kid too looks very promising. Yeah, on, Elijah Mitchell looks very, very good. Um, so I love it. I, I really do. I will be taking that bet. And, and like you said, bringing it down to a field goal. Um, now I have two picks this week. I like two picks. I'm going to give myself two opportunities to get the people on the board here. I love the Bills this week. Or I'm sorry, I love the Patriots this week. Oh. I love the Patriots. <laughs> plus two and a half. I absolutely love them. Yeah. They look fantastic. 
The Bills have not beaten a team with a winning record this year. All Belichick? their wins have come against, listen to this, the Dolphins, Washington football team playing better, but they look like crap early in the season, and that's when they got them. The Texans, the Chiefs oh. early, when the Chiefs look like garbage. The Dolphins again, the Jets and the Saints, oh. all teams with losing records outside of the Chiefs, but they played a terrible Chiefs team early in the season. The Bills have not looked good against competent teams. And what does Bill Belichick bring in this week? A very, very competent team who makes very few mistakes. And what have the Bills been doing? Hand over fist recently. Where's the game Making uh, mistakes. It's in Buffalo. Oh, and and okay. the Bills are missing their best corner as well. He is out. Okay, yes. confirmed he is out. I just think the, the Patriots, the way Bills has them playing right now, getting two and a half, I love them. Moving on to my other pick, I'm not as high on it. Like, I love that last pick, but I still feel very confidently, and I will be taking it come this Sunday, Sunday night, in fact, is the Broncos getting nine and a half points in Kansas City. Now, Kansas City is back, people. I believe they're back. They're a good team. They're not all the way back, but they are very much a very good football team, and the Broncos are an okay team. But even when the Chiefs were at their best, they didn't cover very often. Nine and a half is a shitload of points. The Broncos can keep it within nine and a half. I don't see them getting blown out on Sunday night. Broncos plus nine and a half. Pats plus two and a half. A couple of road dogs. That's what I like this week, Cutsy. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I love your Patriots bet. Just because also, too, in fact, keep in mind the record that Belichick has against the Bills is it's yeah. one of the teams he's dominated for years. Between I think the only team Jets is the is his highest, but the Bills, they they just dominate this team. I I am shocked at how good this Patriots team looks. And it just confirms that he is still the best coach in football. And Mac Jones is starting to look. This kid, as a rookie, looks like he's been in the league for five years. I love that pick. Uh, I think I'll be joining you. The Chiefs have cost me a lot throughout the, throughout the year. Early on when I bet on them, you, I just thought that they, they still had it and they didn't. Um, but they, they've been back and forth. So I probably will stay away, but I don't mind your pick on that. I think this Broncos team is competent enough that they can hang in there and at the very least lose by maybe, you know, seven, eight points. But Listen, the Chiefs are just terrible against the spread. They can win football games and they just don't beat the spread. Have they? Yes. Do they do it very often? No, they don't. Yeah, I don't mind either. I, yeah. I love the Patriots bet. So here, you know, listen, folks, at the end of the day, if you want to fade us, especially me, I have been at least ticket. I think have, you've hit a couple. No, I've had a few. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I oh, think I have nah, a losing record as well, but between, I but definitely got a few. My record has been awful. Um, I, I really hope that we turn it around because I'm doing well on all other facets. Like I said, it's just this sportman sportsman picks have just been cold as ice. So maybe this is a week we we're able to see it. I think this is a very good week for us. I think it takes takes one. It just takes one week for us to turn this sucker around and we'll start <laughs> snowballing downhill from there. And I love these three picks. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. That's going to be the sportsman from 5.30 a.m. You got us on an early one this week, folks. But we make sure we deliver an episode every week to you good people because the listeners who do listen to this show yeah. have shown a lot of good faith towards us and they're good to us. And we hope to keep you around and maybe even bring in some new people. Um, but that's going to be our week here. We love you guys. Cutsy sign off for us.
Week six sportsmen wrapped up. We love this week in, week out. So much so that I'm up at a 5 a.m. on a Friday morning in order to get this episode out to you folks. We love what we do. We love having you on board. Keep listening. Keep promoting. Keep shouting us out and telling your friends about us because the sportsmen are here to stay. I'm Cole Cuts. This is The Big Ticket. You folks have a great weekend. Let's make some money. Let's have some fun. And that's all she wrote.